thought I could uh, film my uh, uh, Trails from Zero video before the podcast, and I, I, I would have done it too if it weren't for the na- neighboring meddling kids. Um, the video's, I don't know, eight or nine minutes long. I, I was like, okay, I've got half an hour, I can go through it, I can do this, and then I can edit it tonight, have it available in the morning, and so everyone can watch it before we start in on Trails to Azure. Um, four minutes into the video, it's going well. I'm not flubbing my dialogue. I'm, I think I'm doing pretty well. I haven't seen the playback yet, but then there's a knock at my door. It's uh, my neighbor with uh, the one with the big dog, Poseidon. And she and... Uh, her roommate, I guess, uh, are they found a pair of uh, sunglasses outside somewhere, and apparently they're going door to door to see if they could find the owner. Which, uh, good luck with that. That's really, really thoughtful. They were not my sunglasses, by the way. I thought, oh man, I, I really uh, got like ten minutes to podcast. I don't want to, and I don't know if I have time to start this uh, recording over from the beginning. Ah, screw it, I'll do a crossfade or something, or or a hard cut. No one cares. <laughs> you know, it's not that big a deal, although I think the, uh, the knock on the door overlaps part of my delivered dialogue, so I can't really cut that out. So I continue on from, you know, where I left off, and my phone rings. And my phone was, you know, over on the other side of the room, so it wasn't like I could just quiet it real quickly. No, no, it would have kept ringing. So, um, unless the take is completely unusable, uh, expect to see two really obvious cuts (laughs) in the middle. Uh, That's the way it goes sometimes. Maybe they wanted an excuse to pop in on me. I, I don't know. Lee, hello. And MX, hello. So, um, hey, we've got our first, uh, first donation for uh, the Extra Life uh, charity event. So we've raised $151 so far, um, which is very cool because we're still a month out. And that actually means a couple of things. Number one, it means um, so the Super Mario Maker 2 thing that we do every year, mixing it up a little bit. So if you donate, if the amount of money you donate is even, then you're... Vo- Let me back up. Brian curated a bunch of Super Mario Maker 2 levels for me. Some of them are pleasant. Some of them are painful. And your donations vote on which I play. So, um, if you... If your donation totals an even amount, you're voting for pleasant. And if it totals an odd amount... You're voting for painful. Well, so far painful is winning. 
Um, <clears throat> so it'll be fun. Also, uh, this year I'm doing something else. Uh, I haven't announced the main game I'm playing yet. But uh, what I'm going to do... is I bought a little uh, handheld uh, handheld tally counter. So, um, every time something specific happens in the main game I'll be playing during the charity event, I will uh, donate five cents. Every time the thing happens, I will donate five cents. And for every hundred bucks we raise, I'll donate an additional five cents. So we've raised 151, which means 10 cents per thing. And if we raise, you know, 3,000, I think it ends up being like a buck 55 per thing. So that, uh, that might add up. So that'll be fun. Uh, MX uh, went to the mall and malls exist. Yeah. Got some new Jordans. Cool. Alright, so, look forward to that. Uh, I will announce uh, the the main game we'll be playing on the, uh, almost said Sunday stream, no, the, uh, the charity marathon uh, sometime after the completely arbitrary date of October 20th. Why? Why that arbitrary day? I wonder. So, um, I work from home, and I was in a Zoom meeting, uh, this was yesterday, Friday, and, um, this was our final My Team stand-up of the week, where we, uh, recap everything that, uh, went on, uh, look to the future, what we've got coming up, and we, you know, go around the room, and let everyone know what the what what the heck you see pays us for you know just what we've been doing that week so um we're going around the room and uh it's like okay versha what are you doing and suddenly i noticed that my mouse died and it's a uh, it's a wireless mouse it takes batteries which means I couldn't move the mouse over to the zoom window to unmute myself when my turn came around. Now you might be thinking, just hold the space bar or hit, I think it's Alt-A. Good call. Except the focus wasn't on the zoom window because I was working on something else on my other monitor when my mouse died. So... I frantically run over, I, I have a, the desk I'm sitting at here, the top drawer, there's, I have, luckily I have spare batteries, so I ran over here, grabbed batteries, and tried to get the batteries in my, um, um, uh, mouse before my turn comes up, and they're like, Andrew, Andrew, hello, you're on mute, you know, that thing. Um, I also, you know, pre-typed a quick, uh, text to my boss saying like bat remotes at or mouses out of batteries uh can't unmute be, be with the enemy just in case they uh they got to me before i could get the batteries uh, replaced and fortunately i it happened that i was the last person called on to talk about my week so i managed to uh get my mouse batteries uh, replaced 
You know what, Chicago? That's uh, that's a good idea. I may have been able to alt-tab to the zoom window and then use the uh, uh, space and uh, alt-A controls to unmute. Good call. Didn't think of that. That's what happens when you get flustered, I guess. But it turned out all right. It's not like if I didn't answer, I was going to get fired or anything. <clears throat> so... I've talked in the past about the laundry situation here at my apartment complex. Uh, this apartment complex is fairly unique, I think, in the fact that it exists on both sides of a residential street. Most of the buildings of this complex are on the other side of the street, which is also where the, the leasing office is, and where the pool is, and the you know, the gym and all the other, or, well, it's hardly a gym. It's an exercise room. Um, <clears throat> and then the other just remaining three or four buildings, however they're counted, are over here. Once upon a time, there were three laundry rooms. There was one main one in the center courtyard in the buildings, uh, in the center of the buildings across the street. There was one in the space behind the leasing office, and there was one over here, you know, for these buildings, so we didn't have to trudge across the street to go do our laundry. Lee says, you need a mouse, you can hook up to PCs if it dies. Yeah, I, this, the one I use for my main personal PC is wired, so I don't have to worry about it. Uh... The one that, over there, my, my work setup, I just used the mouse that I was provided, and it's a wireless mouse, and it runs on batteries. I, I, there's no way to plug it into anything. I mean, I could always just go buy another mouse, but uh, that's... I've been working for UC for like 14 months or something like that, and uh, it's only been a problem this one time, so, yeah. Is there a Skyway connecting them? <laughs> no, there is not. It's it's not that huge of a complex. I, th I think there's uh, there's definitely bigger. I, I think it's like 135 units all told. Um, it's larger. There, there, you know, but uh, it's split. It's I can't think of another apartment complex that's split across of a, it's split across a street. But anyway, I live on one side of the street, and um, a year ago or so. Uh, well, actually, two years ago, in the recent past, a property management company purchased this apartment complex, and they own like 25 um, apartment complexes in San Diego, um, <clears throat> and they jacked up the rent, and they started renovating uh, apartments. As soon as people move out, they renovate them so that they can sell them for nearly $1,000 more. Yeah. And uh, these new renovated apartments have washers and dryers in them. So they got rid of the laundry room beside, uh, behind the leasing office and turned it into an uh, exercise room. Um, and they decommissioned the laundry room over here on this side of the street. So if you do not live in one of the renovated apartments, like moi, then you have to walk across the street to the center courtyard where that laundry room is and hope there's an available and working laundry machine. 
And because they're uh, interested in renovating all the apartments so that they can charge more for them, and since at this point I think 60% of the units have uh, washers and dryers in them now, they're less inclined to keep the, uh, the, the, the community washer and dryers working. So this week I trudged across the street and um, I use, uh, there are two different styles of washer there. One is the put one quarter in at a time until you've put enough quarters in to turn it on. The other is that sliding tray thing where you have to put all seven, it's, it's a buck 75, so you have to put seven quarters in the tray and then push the whole thing at once to activate it. I prefer not to use those. I don't trust them. But uh, the two single coin at a time ones, which actually came from the laundry room that used to be over here. Well, it's still over here. It's just there's no laundry machines in it and the door's locked. Um, <clears throat> one of them was uh, in use and the other was out of order. Which left the, uh, those are the ones on the outer side, which left the other four. Well, one of them uh, had the, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, the cord that plugs into the wall was unplugged and laying over the top of the machine with a sign that says does not work. So I loaded my quarters in one of the other machines, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, pushed it in and nothing, no lights, no nothing. So I went to the next one. One quarter, two quarter, all the way to seven quarters. Push in, nothing. No lights, no nothing. Yeah, I checked to make sure they were plugged in. Went to the third one. One quarter, two. I actually had to go back to my apartment to get more quarters. <laughs> then I had to walk back. One quarter, two quarter, all the way to seven quarters. Push in. Lights come on. The basin does not fill with water. Did I check the hoses? Yeah, they were on. It's the lights turn on, but the cycle doesn't actually activate. The basin doesn't fill with water. The the uh, the, the agitator doesn't agitate. It's nothing. So that was twenty one quarters. That's what five bucks and a quarter. Yeah. Now I, I went to the leasing office later in the week and you know got replacement quarters, but uh, yeah. Uh, so there's one laundry room left and one working washer. Now you might say, well, you just look at the time. It's got 10 more and you just come back in 20 minutes. Yeah, there's no guarantee that whoever put their laundry laundry in is watching the clock and will be back to unload. So it's kind of a crapshoot. But eventually I, you know, I did go back and use the remaining good washer and wash my clothes. And so I had a chat with uh, my landlord a couple days ago. Um, Lindy, hello. Oh, we're also speaking extra life and Lindy, uh, we're also doing that thing where uh, every 50 bucks you donate uh, enters you in a raffle uh, to commission uh, Lindy to draw a uh, character portrait for you. So she good at drawing, so that that's that's definitely a desirable perk. So donate for the children and art. Um, so I spoke to my uh, uh, landlord, and uh, 
because this whole place is controlled by a property management company, um, I'm the last to know anything. As a tenant, I'm the last to know. Sadly, our landlord is second to last to know. So, <laughs> you know, as Tom, like, yeah, all the laundry machines are broken, but he doesn't have the ability to uh, do anything about it. But he also told me that, uh, yeah, they're going to raise rent at some point again. And at some point, they're going to renovate your apartment. And you can't be in your apartment for them to renovate your apartment. So... Don't know when that's going to happen. I mean, you know, I'm going to hold on as long as I can. You know. Um, kitchen's a little small, but otherwise I like this apartment. Lighting is absolute garbage and the paint makes the lighting even worse. But, other, but you know, it's a, it's a nice location. My parking spot is the parking spot right outside. I've got a window in... I'm on an outside wall, so I have a window and I can, you know, look outside. I only share one wall and one ceiling with a neighbor, so... Outside there is not a building, it's just the, uh, the, the parking lot. So this is, this is primo real estate. But, uh, I, I mean, maybe I'd be able to... I, I don't know, temporarily move all my crap into another unit while they renovate this one when they eventually kick my ass out. Um, because why would they do that? I'm such a good tenant who, who pays his uh, rent on time. Well, because they're not happy with the sizable amount of money I give them every month. They want more. And Chicago says so they're... Uh, they're going to evict you? At some point, yes. At some point, they are going to say, Look, buddy, this, this is the last unit that's unrenovated. Get out so we can renovate it. They'll probably say, If you want to, uh, you know, go stay in a hotel for a week or something like that, and, uh, you know, store all of your furniture at your own expense, you can move right back in. Once we're done renovating, and, you know, we're going to charge you $900 more a month for the privilege of having been pushed out while we mo re we re redunned your apartment. But on the bright side, um, I'd have a washer and dryer. <laughs> so, Jared asked, am I allowed to work on the apartment? Broadly, no. Um... Like, am I allowed to remodel my kitchen or something? No. Uh, would they care if I, like... Probably the most I can do is, like, replace the toilet itself. Like, if I wanted to buy a new toilet and replace the one that was there, I, I don't know that they'd really care. But uh, any major construction or appliance replacement, they would they would frown on. So... Um, <clears throat> so that's, uh, not a terribly pleasant thing to have, uh, hanging over my head. You know, the, the sword of Damocles will fall at some point. When's it going to be? 
Um, luckily, I'm in a position where I should be able to afford it when it happens, so, you know, that, that, that's a good thing. What about painting the walls or adding shelves? I don't know about paint. Uh, shelving, as long as it's freestanding, like the shelving behind me, sure. Uh, we are allowed to... Th there are a couple things where, like, my TV over here is actually mounted to the wall. Uh, I'd have to go back through my leasing agreement and double-check, but uh, that was allowed. So th there are some things. You're allowed to, like, hang... You know, screw into the wall to hang pictures. Like, I I screwed into the wall in my pantry to mount my... Uh, the charging dock for my vacuum cleaner. Um, so some, some, some minor things we're allowed to do, but, uh, you know, we, we rent here. We, we don't own the place, so. Um, all right. So anyway, that's going to happen someday at, at some point. If they force you to leave, you can mount fake skulls before, <laughs> before you leave. Uh, yeah. The problem is, is, um, what they charge for the, uh, the remodeled apartments here is the going rate for, uh, one-bedroom apartments in San Diego. So it's really not like, uh, so essentially I'm just, uh, because I, I've been living here for seven or eight years, uh, I have an old model apartment, so I pay like 700 to $900 less than the folks who are in the remodeled units. Um, so I'm just going to stay here and milk that low price for all it's worth for as long as I can. They're like, hey, we're up in your rent by 100 bucks. That sucks, but it's still 600 less than most everyone else. So, um, All right, let's, uh, let's talk about Ahsoka, uh, the new Star Wars show that uh, finished up this week. Uh, I have seen, with the exception of the Star Wars Holiday Special, I have seen all of the live-action Star Wars things. I've seen all of the theatrical films. I've seen all of the um, uh, Disney Plus live-action shows. And I saw the two Ewok movies. Keep in mind, however, that I have not seen the two Ewok movies since I was in the single-digit age range, so I don't remember if those movies are good or bad. My memory is... I have fond memories of the first one, which I think they called Caravan of Courage or something. Second one, if I'm remembering right, was Battle for Endor. I think that one was terrible, even by the standards of my eight-year-old self or whatever. Uh, but I, I really don't remember. I haven't seen them in, like, over 30 years. So keep that in mind when I say Ahsoka is the worst live-action Star Wars thing of all the Star Wars things. And that makes me sad. That's not to say that it's um, unwatchable. I, I don't think so. I mean, it's got, you know, lasers and spaceships and, a, uh, and some cool alien creatures in it and uh that that goes a long way uh with me <clears throat> so there's there's fun to be had there's neat stuff but i 
thought overall Ahsoka was bad. Um, the biggest problem I had with it really is it's uh, boring. I, I felt that I found the show mostly boring. Again, some entertainment sequences. There were some cool ship battles and some fun fight scenes, but overall, just just kind of really dull and boring. And uh, as much as I think the uh, prequel trilogy is roundly pretty bad, and as uh, obnoxiously awful as I find uh, Rise of Skywalker, neither of them are boring. Say what you will about the prequels or Rise of Skywalker, but uh, I don't know that anyone would say, "Oh, they're so dull and boring." No, they're 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 pretty high energy. Through all their faults, uh, they they they've they've got momentum. I'll give them that. Ahsoka is just plotting and dull. Um. It also does not do a good job explaining to anyone who has not seen the Clone Wars or Rebels show why what a lot of things are, what the significance of a lot of things are, or why anyone would care. Though I did find out that some elements are actually new to the show, like the whole... Uh, um, Sabine and uh, Ahsoka Jedi Ma Jedi Padawan Master, Master thing. Uh, I, I figured, oh, okay, this is just <clears throat> another thing that if you had the context of the show under your belt, this would play better. But from what I hear, the whole, oh, Sabine is uh, Ahsoka's Padawan is something that happened entirely off screen between the original shows in this one so no it's just really poor storytelling poor character uh detailing really poor dialogue the actors and we've got some great actors here with just phenomenal uh charisma and screen presence like uh rosario dawson and mary elizabeth weinston and ray stevenson who unfortunately passed away uh, recently um and they all look really really bored because they're just they don't have anything to do. They have a couple action scenes, which are nice, but uh, yeah, for the most part, uh, everyone is just stoic. Sometimes they're mildly bemused or smug, but mostly stoic, and it's really, really, really boring. And that's that, that's a big old bummer. Chaos, hello. Um, early on in the show, uh, they made a big deal about the fact that Sabine has no connection to the Force. She doesn't have Force powers. She's a Mandalorian. Uh, she's great at combat and weaponry. She can wield a lightsaber. And she can wield blasters. And she's great at it. She can hold her own against uh, a Sith trainee. Good honor, but she can't force throw rocks. And there was some interesting dialogue from um, Ahsoka where the show seemed to be indicating that there's more to being a Jedi 
than being able to do fancy force magic. And I thought, now there's something interesting. There's an interesting element to build a show around. Okay, so um, Sabine can't do force stuff, but that doesn't mean she can't be a Jedi, because being a Jedi is more than just being able to control and manipulate the force. It's bigger than that. Ooh, how interesting. Now, I don't believe for a minute that they're going to actually do anything with that. You know, she'll, when she needs to, she'll reach out and she'll, you know, throw a rock or summon her lightsaber to her. And, uh, yeah, that's exactly what happens. So, show goes, psych! No, no, you have to use the Force. You're not a Jedi unless you can do Force magic. Oh. Okay. That's fine. It's not as interesting. So, uh, Sabine, uh, you know, when the hour of need uh, popped up, she clenched her butt cheeks real hard and, you know, forced through a rock. Jared says, but it's a, a, found, a fundamental. So a portmanteau of foundational and fundamental. Actually, I kind of like that. <laughs> um, I, I mean, that's a missed opportunity, I think. You know, I mean, especially since it was set up like that. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, I can't use the Force, but I'm still a great Jedi. You know? Being a, being a Jedi is more than just fancy Force magic. It's, no, no. This lightsaber is your life. That's what Obi-Wan said in, I think, uh, the second prequel movie, Attack of the Clones. It's like... I, I don't know if Yoda chilled out in his old age once he got to Dagobah, or if he was saying that shit around the time, but it's like, whoa, dude, really? Hmm. Uh... I have no idea who any of these people are or what they want or what why they want it. Like seriously, uh Ray Stevenson is and his Padawan. What are they trying to do? What is their goal? I mean, they're uh Balin, I think his name is. He has these very vague comments about, well, I'm no Jedi. But I'm no Sith either. I don't like the Empire, but I don't like the New Republic either. Sure, dude. Makes sense. They both kind of suck. So, uh, what do you want? Just, just burn it all down? Is that it? I mean, it seems like you're aiming at something more specific here. Hmm. His little Padawan. What? What's her deal? I don't know. Uh, where the hell was Balin at the end of the show? What? What's the significance of the big Lord of the Ring statues? I don't know. You might... 
Test, test, one, two, three. There we go. <sighs> yeah, it's on the microphone. And test, test. Wow. Uh, it wasn't like the microphone unselected. It just stopped working. The device was still registered. That's weird. I didn't even. I didn't even get that. Beedly boop. You know that that noise when you unplug a USB component. Huh. I gotta replace the batteries in my microphone. Yeah. No. That's 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 unfortunate. That's been like that for uh, about two or three minutes. Oh well. <laughs> Chicago's waving at the monitor, but I, I, I didn't notice, you know. Uh, okay, can I repeat that? Alright, uh, the, the important thing is that someone gets to Sabine's house and feeds her damn space cat. That's the important thing. I, I think this is the lesson that we can take from the Ahsoka show. So, um, yeah, sadly, uh, bad show. Man, the uh, uh, the Star Wars live action shows have uh, mm, been kind of rough. Uh, uh, the first two seasons of The Mandalorian were pretty good. Third season was okay. Book of Boba Fett was entertaining enough, but narratively didn't work at all. Uh, Obi Wan had some cool ideas, and but the execution was bad on about half of them. Uh, Andor was genuinely great, and uh, Ahsoka, not good at all. Ah, bummer. But someone feeds Sabine's space cat. Let's see, Sabine was living in Ezra's old place. I'm sure he'll take care of Sabine's... Oh, that's Ezra's old place. Oh, okay, well, Ezra made it up. Spoilers, sorry. Uh, Ezra made it back, so... Uh... I I'm sure he'll uh, go back to his old haunt and uh, feed the cat. So, happy ending. Alright. Uh, what are we doing here? Uh, <clears throat> we talked about Ahsoka. <laughs> oh, this again. Okay. Um, one of my favorite genres of video on YouTube is... Folks with an expertise in a particular field playing video games that are relevant to their expertise. So, like, uh, civil engineers or city planners playing SimCity, right? Architects playing Minecraft. I find that stuff kind of fascinating. Even just, you know, reaction stuff to video games or movies, like, uh, you know, um, parkour or climbing experts taking a look at the climbing mechanics of Lara Croft or Nathan Drake or the, or the Dying Light games with all the parkour in them. I love, I love that kind of stuff. I find that fascinating. Um, similarly, uh, The Corridor Crew uh, have a weekly show where they get experts in various fields from animation to film to stunts to come in and react to clips from various movies and uh, sometimes YouTube shorts, commercials, uh, advertisements, all kinds of cool stuff, and react to them and, and get an expert opinion on them. And, and it's, it's neat to see. Well, Corridor Crew is staffed with 
I've said this before. Not the broiest of tech bros, but I may have to revise that opinion because, oh God, oh God, they're getting worse. Um, Corridor Crew in the last couple of months has engaged in making a an anime using generative AI. Uh, using generative AI to essentially rotoscope the live-action elements that they filmed against a green screen. So, they're like, we're going to do an anime, and we're going to shoot all of the characters live-action, and then just rotoscope over it. Similar to what they did in A Scanner Darkly, or Fire and Ice. And, you know, uh, bunch of other at least portions of Bakshi's work um, but we're going to get a computer to do it to use generative AI to uh, learn from stolen work that we don't have permission to use didn't even ask for it uh, to uh, create an, an animated style uh, rather than doing the work ourselves and they were rightly lambasted for it for uh, for you know unethical business practices. You know, I mean, even though it's a tech demo, all they ever needed to do was like in a real world situation, you would commission artists to make um, character sheets to train your AI to automate the rotoscoping to free up your hired artists to do other, better, more important, less tedious crap. But they don't do that, because they don't appear to think of it, because they don't appear to care. And what's also particularly annoying about these guys is they keep acting like they're inventing stuff, or they're revolutionizing something. And I think even more annoying is the fact that they genuinely seem proud of what they're doing, when their work product is garbage. I mean, it's really genuinely, objectively terrible. It's kind of fun from a, for a, from a tech demo. Yeah, it's cool to use new toys and play around with them and see what fun results you get. That's fine. That's fun. But they're not thinking about the ramifications of what they're doing until a million people tell them about it, and then they go, oh, mea culpa, so sorry. And they still don't seem to realize that their work is genuine garbage well hey guess what corridor crew did this week uh if you look you will find a video called we try putting photo real faces in video games where they spend 15 minutes or so using a uh new uh program that takes an image you feed it an image of a face Hopefully one you own the rights to and, you know, not something you just, you know, scraped off of Google image search or something. And what this can do is overlay that, use that single image to overlay that person's face onto a different person. So what they did was they used that for video games. They would grab some actor's face and make Lara Croft look different or... Shepard from Mass Effect, or what's her face from uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn? What is her name? 
Alloy? It's Al... It's... Oh, Aloy. I think it's Aloy. It's still very on the nose, but... Um... So you say, oh well, they're just they're just using a new uh, a new tool, dude. It's like, hey, you know, here's an interesting little uh, uh, thing. Let's let's see what would happen if we just put photoreal faces on video game characters. And if you read the title of the video, that that seems to be what they're going for. And that's fine. That's that can be fun. Ah, oh, look what happens when we have um, Mick Jagger's face on Pac-Man. They don't do that. They totally should have though. Um, but, you see, when I first saw the video, uh, within the first few hours of it being released, it wasn't called, We Try Putting Photoreal Faces in Video Games. No. No, it was called, We Fixed Faces in Video Games. <sighs> it's truly stunning... That, well, I guess it's not stunning because these guys, I, how do artists not understand art at all? That, that, hmm. I mean, I guess most of them are just tech bros or something, but I mean, th they're visual effects artists. There's artistry in visual effects. I don't understand how they don't understand artistry in any other field how they can't they can't conceive of the artistry of anything of the artistry in any field other than the one they engage with we fixed faces in video games they claimed and the whole video is them going oh oh it's so awesome and every single goddamn one of their examples made it immeasurably objectively worse all of them are worse the only ones that you could make an argument say okay well that actually looks better is the ones that are over a decade old like when they tried you using that on uh kotor character models nice the old republic was what 2002 2003 maybe somewhere around there yeah it's over 20 years old when you have a Completely, yeah, a very square face that's barely animated at all with an inc incredibly low res texture. Pretty much anything you slap on top of it is going to look better. But every single example that they gave smoothed out the entire face. So you lost all the detail in the face, all the freckles, all the pores, all the dirt and scratches and blood, and just made everyone look like they were wearing porcelain masks. In the case of Laura Croft, she looked like she had like some botched facial surgery, like a really bad facelift or something like that. Um, and it destroys the original performance. And they, they blithely do mention that. Oh, the, the performance is a bit different. It's like, no, it's, it's gone. You've ruined it. No, this is not viable. You didn't... Also, again... If they would have just taken 20, 30 seconds to say, hey, some neat thing that this, some neat application that this new technology might have in uh, this particular production pipeline is a, a character artist can draw a highly detailed master of a character model and then this technique can train on that 
and use it to upgrade the, uh, the, the base character. Okay, cool. But they don't do that. We fixed faces in video games. They have no understanding of and no respect for artistry in any field other than their own, and it chaps my bum, I tell you what. Now, after a day, they actually changed the video from We Fixed Faces in Video Games to We Try Fixing Faces in Video Games. Then they changed it again to what it's, at least last time I looked, We Try Putting Photoreal Faces in Video Games. They know they're doing a bad. They know they are. How can you not when a million people keep telling you you're doing a bad? And they keep coming out, you know, obviously, you know, they're they're changing their title cards in the title of the videos and they do come out with statements and mea culpas and stuff like that. And so they know they're doing a bad, but they keep doing it anyway. And it's really sad to see, honestly. I mean, I, I, I wish that this crew appeared to have the ability to respect artistry in fields other than visual effects. They seem to have respect for visual artist, uh, for artistry in stunts in um, animation sometimes <laughs> but not for the production of art it seems it, it's weird it's it's like uh, it's like AI comes in and oh, I, I don't know why they keep acting like they're revolutionizing or inventing anything they're not they're making things worse um Practically, ethically, production-wise, and you know every professional in every field that they do this shit to keeps coming out. It's going, yeah, this is garbage. This doesn't work. You know, again, it's fun to play with new toys and see what neat things they do. I don't begrudge them that. I begrudge their attitude. I begrudge this. We've fixed things. We've revolutionized the industry. No, you haven't, you arrogant dickheads. I mean, it's like, um... Putting chocolate and peanut butter together. We've revolutionized snack food. No, you haven't. You ain't done shit. You took two things that already existed and you put them in the same place. I mean, good on you for that if you're the first to think of doing that, which you're not. Ugh, tech bros. God damn these people. Just constantly reinventing shit that already exists and calling it their own. We've revolutionized... Uh, public transit. You've invented a bus again. <laughs> That's a bus. We've we've invented private wilderness living. That's a tent. You've invented a tent, you asshole. <laughs> um. 
don't like modern art. I, I like some modern art. Art. Most of art is shit. It doesn't matter which medium you're talking about. Most of it's crap. Most songs are bad. Most movies are bad. Most uh, comic books are bad. But the thing is, you don't see most of them. Because the, the bad ones, they don't, they, don't, they don't get seen. They don't get on TV. They don't get in bookstores. They don't get play on the radio. So most of what we end up hearing is at least the mediocre stuff. This is at least the pretty good stuff. But if you somehow had access to every song or every poem or every book and had the time to actually examine all of them, you'd go, wow, most of it's garbage. You know, because a lot of it's written by people who lack talent or people who are currently on their way to developing their talent. But, uh, you know, to answer your question, yeah, modern art, some of it I like, some of it I don't. You know, it, it, it just depends. I, I like good art. And I like a lot of what Corridor Crew does. I, I just, they really seem to need an ad. I, I don't know if they're just algorithm chasing on YouTube just so they can continue to play their, pay their employees. I mean, that, that's, that's the kindest I, I can possibly be. You know, they are beholden to a shitty YouTube algorithm and they have no choice but to do this stupid garbage because otherwise they don't get to pay their staff and eat. Okay, you know, if, if that's the case, you know, I'm sympathetic to that. I still think you can do better, but I also don't believe that's the case. I don't know, but I, I, I don't believe that's the case. Chaos says, I beg to differ, WAP got airplay. WAP's okay. There's, there's, it's, uh, I, I did review WAP a year or two ago, whenever it came out, and uh, my review was, there are some elements I like, most of it, it's, it's kind of a dull song. It's, it's repetitive and boring. The soundscape is, uh, the musical soundscape is pretty empty. Um... However, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the rhythmic patterns of the, uh, the various verses are plain and uninteresting. That's almost it for the entire song. Well, that's, that's kind of boring. But um, the music video is very colorful. From a production design standpoint, it's it's actually quite a delight to watch, um, and a lot of the lyrics are very very clever, and the wordsmithery is pretty damn good in a lot of cases. Uh, for example, um, um, it, it it's a it's a pretty raunchy song, so I do apologize, but there's a line in it that says, uh, "If you eat my ass, you're a bottom feeder." That's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I like that line. That's pretty good. So, but yeah, overall, uh, WAP, it, I don't think it's that great. Uh, but what's interesting is two years later, I actually remember the, the rhythm of the main verses. I remember some of the dialogue. I just watched their new collab, Bongos, a couple of weeks ago, and I don't remember a thing about it. 
Not a damn thing. Can't remember the rhythms, can't remember any of the dialogue. I thought that one was... I talked about this a week or two ago, but I, I thought that one was actually kind of poor. But yeah, that's not to say that nothing bad ever gets play. Oh yeah, we've got bad movies. I, you know, some of the Star Wars movies are bad. Um, but yeah, most of the really bad, completely amateurish crap, most of that never sees the light of day in any... Um, or at least gets platformed to any wide-reaching extent. Sometimes things slip through, though. There's some there's some garbage that, like, you know, The Room or Birdemic. Absolute garbage. And somehow made a lot of money. Just Sometimes people just like to rubberneck car crashes, right? Um, admit it, it sucks. I don't think it sucks. I uh, If we're talking about WAP, I just don't think it's very good. I think it's, again, it's it's got elements I like, but overall I find it kind of a dull and boring song. But, you know, uh, uh, what are they, uh, Cardi B and Megan B. Stallion seem to be having fun, so, you know, hey, go for it. Um... I saw a movie uh, this week called 13 Women. It's a movie I've, uh, from, Jesus, uh, 30s or something like that. It's, it's one I've wanted to watch for a long time. It is um, one of the early, the earliest example I can think of, of a movie where a group of friends is picked off one by one by a killer who they all tricked or abused or were mean to in their youth, right? Uh, we've seen this a million times in uh, Valentine's Day, or is it, actually is it called Valentine's Day? What's that slasher film from the 80s? Well, they did a remake too. Is it called uh, My Bloody Valentine, I think. Uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. There's a million, hell, even the Scream movies are primarily based on this trope where... Uh, yeah, Carrie is is kind of that only it, it, it shoots straight to the end um, where you have a group of people who play a prank on one person that sometimes gets them killed so they come back from the dead to uh, uh, levy their revenge or it's like a family member who comes back for revenge so yeah 13 women is about a, a sorority of women who mistreated a uh, a member of their school because she was um, half Indian, I think, uh, because they're racist. So years later, she uh, uses her mind powers, because she's a mentalist, I guess, to uh, kill them all by uh, sending them all false horoscopes that drive them insane and drive them to uh, off themselves and for the 30s kind of horrific ways uh, what I found particularly funny about the movie is um, you might listen to my descriptive my description and say oh a movie from the 30s that the whole theme is racism is bad yo how progressive for the time and yeah you like you love to see it you know a racist uh, or rather a um, minority woman gets her revenge on a bunch of racist assholes. Great. 
Would you be surprised if I told you that the movie itself is actually pretty racist? Because <laughs> it is. It's from the 30s, it's not too surprising, but it is kind of a funny disconnect where um, you have a uh, white woman, Myrna Loy, who I, I love. She wonderfully uh, charismatic uh, actor, very, very funny. Uh, does a great job with the whole femme fatale thing, but uh, you have a uh, white actor in brownface talking about how racism is bad, yo. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> did, did, did no one see the disconnect, you know, 80-some years ago? <laughs> Come on, guys! <laughs> Uh, so, uh, overall, you know, also a short movie. It's, it's like, I think it's, uh, just short of an hour. I, uh, read, uh, read up on it a little bit. Apparently it was originally like 75 minutes and they ended up just chopping a bunch out of it for some reason. Because uh, one, of the, I came out of the movie going, you know, it's called Thirteen Women. I came out of the movie going, it's like seven. Where the hell's the rest of them? Apparently, they they were all cut out of. They were in the twenty minutes that were cut out of the film. So, because um, I looked at the, because I I counted the cast members in, in the, because it's in the old movies you'd see the all the production credits before the movie started. I went one, two, three, four, five. Okay, thirteen women. Yes, it, some of them aren't even in the movie. So, it's it's an okay film. Uh, definitely, definitely fascinating seeing the earliest example I can think of of that uh, framework in, in film, that horror fame, framework being employed in film. Uh, so, yeah, worth a watch. It's only an hour, so, uh, you know. Uh, I just uh, noticed, uh, I just also noticed a... Um, new anime well it's not new it's i think it came out last spring or something like that uh it's called too cute something a too cute crisis maybe uh let me let me see if i can find the name real quick i uh, only watched the first episode don't know if i'll watch anymore too cute crisis yeah so here's the here's the premise of the show apparently uh aliens are going to um destroy the earth because it's stupid and they're like you know what, we should probably take a closer look before we vaporize the place. So, uh, uh, Susan, go down to Earth, see if there's anything cool. Probably isn't, but, you know, may as well check. Go down, uh, if there's nothing cool, then we'll vaporize the Earth. Because, I mean, this planet, that planet sucks, right? So, uh, Susan goes down to Earth, and she's looking around, she's like, Nah, this, this place sucks. Those people... They suck. That tree, that, that, that tree really sucks. I would call this a way to make a, uh, this, this road sucks. And they're like, hey, maybe you should try some of, Susan, Susan. She's like, yeah. Did you try the local cuisine, Susan? And she's like, do I have to? And they're like, yeah, maybe they've got good eats. Let, let's check out the local flavor before we vaporize the planet for sucking so hard. And she goes, yeah, okay. Uh, cafe. I recognize that word. So she goes in, and she enters a cat cafe. And she sees the kitties. And she's like, Oh my god, they're so cute! We 
can't vaporize the planet if it's got something this fluffy and adorable on it. That's a funny joke. I don't know how they're going to sustain that joke for 12 episodes, though. Maybe I'll watch episode 2 to see if they do, but where do you go with that? I mean, it, it seems like what they're doing is uh, kind of framing it as a career woman is shirking her office responsibilities to play with cute kitties. That's relatable. I don't know if that, you know, so it could be just her trying, constantly trying to avoid doing any actual work. I mean, there. I don't know if there's any tension. Like, she could just report back, nope, there's cute things here, we can't vaporize it. And they'd be like, alright, Susan, thanks. So it, it doesn't like seem like it's going to go in a direction like, uh, they're going to vaporize the Earth and I have to stop them. Although there is one genuinely great scene where she's uh, walking around the, the streets of somewhere in Japan at night. And she finds a uh, box with a half-dead kitten in it. And so someone uh, someone dumped a kitten. So she tracks down the people who dumped the kitten and calls in an aerial military strike. <laughs> Just fucking vaporizes them. It's well, I mean, it's it's an anime. It's it's they survive. They're, they're you know, it's it's Looney Tunes logic. They're they're still alive, but that's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> These sons of bitches dumped a kitten. Airstrike. Damn right. So that that was pretty good. Um, <clears throat> so a cute, a too cute crisis, something like that. Uh, maybe I'll check out a second episode to see if... Um, yeah, funny premise. I don't know if it's strong enough to uh, to hold a to hold an entire twelve episode show at least. So still kind of funny. Alright, uh, that's it for tonight. Um, I'm going to edit my uh, Trails from Zero video and try to have it up tomorrow morning. Uh, give you all a chance to watch it. Uh, it's, it's a final thoughts on Trails from Zero, what I thought of the game in comparison to the uh, Sky series. Um, I'll have that available, uh, in, unless a power outage happens or something. I'll have that available tomorrow morning so you can watch it uh, before the Sunday stream at noon, Pacific Standard Time. And we'll start in on uh, Trails to Azure. Um, so, yeah. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, hope you all are as well. And uh, until then, I... Is my mic still working? Yeah, I hope my mic doesn't just mysteriously shut off in the middle of uh, the, the stream. Because that was weird. Oh, well. All right. That's it for me. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.